God's a personal God. Amen. Well, we had good praise and worship. I feel a good spirit in here. I want you to get your Bibles open. I'm going to go to a lot of verses tonight. So get your fingers warmed up. If you're cold tonight, don't blame me. I've had the heat on all day long. I don't know what the deal is. I think it's just cold. But I guess it's going to get warmer tomorrow for a couple days, and then who knows what will happen. But it will get cold again, exactly. Amen. I want to... uh, Go ahead and go to the book of Second. Actually, I'm going to have you look at everything. I was going to have you go somewhere else. Go to the book of Isaiah. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, try to look on with somebody. Amen, church. We've got to realize that this word, this is the manual for our lives. Got to look at it. Got to believe it and got to stand upon it. And it is our, um, our guidelines. It is our parameters. It's our direction. And and it's so awesome to have it in our lives tonight that we can look at this and when things are going on in the world, we can say, God, what's your word say about this? And I want to kind of continue tonight, uh, not any, in any way about the, the signs I talked about on Sunday morning as far as uh, constellations or any of the stuff that I talked about. How many, how many enjoyed that Sunday morning looking at those signs up in heaven? Amen. Wasn't that some amazing stuff? It shows God's God's close, amen, and we're in that time, and we're working hard, but I want to continue. Um, I always like to take advantage. Dylan did a great job Sunday night on his message, amen, all in, and we want to encourage everybody to be all in, amen, all in for the Lord, and uh, I want to continue tonight because whenever there's an opportunity to see something on the news or that takes place, we've got to talk about it and uh, and and see what the Word says about it. And I said last week that signs of the times are everywhere. And uh, I sent out a text this week uh, of some stuff that happened at the Grammys. And I want to talk about that tonight. I want to use some verses and I want to share some stuff with you that these are just continued signs of the times of the return of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to clarify something. Obviously, we know through text messages that things can be uh, misinterpreted or taken the wrong way or, or even just the wrong idea of the direction of a text uh, some people responded to me after that saying well I didn't you know I don't make time for that or I don't care about the Grammys or I don't and I never told anybody hey let's watch the Grammys I was trying to say something that happened at the Grammys and I was trying to kind of hit between the eyes anybody who watched the Grammys and anybody who stayed home to watch the Grammys so whoever that shoe fit, then they would wear it, amen? But I was not uh, glorifying the Grammy. So I don't know, some people I think, not on purpose, might have taken it wrong, but I want to clarify that. I was simply saying something happened at the Grammys that we need to look at. And if you are a person who supports that kind of stuff, I would recommend you not to. It's garbage. And it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. And uh, I know people like music and all that, but y'all know my take anyways. I believe that music should glorify God if you're a believer. The world does its stuff, and God does it. Godly people do their stuff. And uh, I know that there are some Christian times in the Grammys. I know there's some Christian uh, people who get you know awards for that and everything. But um, it's garbage. That's just the bottom line. Let's call it what it is. It's garbage. And it leads into, and I didn't get too many amens on that, so I'll say it's garbage. Okay, just making sure I'm talking to Christians tonight. Amen. The moral decay, write this down if you're taking notes, of society. The moral decay of society. We are seeing, we've been seeing for a long time, gone are the days of little leave it to beaver. 
Gone are the days of the Brady Bunch. Gone are the days of those sitcoms, Full House, and all those nice ones that actually had morals and were entertaining. Those are gone. And there's an agenda tonight in Hollywood, like never before, to cram down everything anti-God and anti-Bible down our throats. And it's not any longer just a hidden message. It's take this or leave it. And um, I, 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 don't, I didn't watch it. I don't care about it. But I, I, got, uh, I get updates from Fox News and Charisma News and different apps I have on my phone that tell me different things. And I got a, an update from Fox News. And that's why I went the direction that I went with the text about what happened. And there's a lot more to it. I want to kind of take that, share it with you tonight, and show you how it is another sign of the times we live in. And I want to start off in Isaiah chapter 5. You've heard me read this verse before, but this, this breaks it down and makes it real clear. And some of y'all don't even know what happened at the Grammys yet. I'll get there in a second. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to tell you some things about the, the Lord showed me about it. But this verse right here is the day we live in, and it is Isaiah 5, 20. I've read it many times. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Amen? Woe. When God says woe, that's a warning. It's like, it's like a parent saying, I'm not going to tell you again. Amen? There's been warnings. There's been, I'm going to spank you and all that. It's the last one that said, hey, that's it. I'm not going to tell you again. And when God says woe, he's saying woe to those who say, hey, this is, this is a good thing when it's evil. And hey, this is evil when it's good. And, and that verse might not have made as much sense 50 years ago as it does today. But that is what we are seeing in society, in Hollywood, in music, in everything. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Okay? That's pretty clear scripture. Now let's go to the New Testament in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to get into to a second um, what, what I talked about and why, why I'm going this route. But I want, to, I want us to really see, like never before, where we're at. 2 Timothy chapter 3. How many know that as Christ gets closer to returning, things accelerate? Says Sunday morning, get your seatbelts on. Is it because whether he comes back in, in, in 30 minutes or 30 days or 30 years, although I doubt the last one, uh, whether he comes back, it's, it, it's going to start getting pretty fast. And it's been fast, but it's getting faster. And we're seeing a moral decay of society like never, ever, ever, ever before. And we're seeing society saying, hey, I'm going to call evil good. I'm going to call good evil. And they're not even ashamed of it anymore. And I want to read this verse because Timothy, how many know we talked about Sunday morning that the return of Christ is not going to catch us off guard? It's not going to, we're not going to be going, oh, wow, what happened? We're going to know. We're looking for it. We're, angry, we're anxious for it. And Paul writes to Timothy and says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And maybe your Bible will say the thing mine says. It says, but know this. In the last days, there will be perilous times. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. That's a big one right there. Brutal and despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of 
God. Those, there's two things out of all those that I, there's many there, but I want you to underline tonight in your Bible, if you don't already have it underlined, without self-control in verse 3, and in verse 4, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You need to understand tonight, and I need to understand, that we have to make a choice every single day to choose God over pleasure. Amen. It's called spirit over flesh. Every single day. We're tempted by the enemy to do things that are not pleasing to God. And we have to make a choice. And we have to say, I'm going to love God more than I love pleasure. And we have in a world that is no longer doing that. And church, I want to remind you again tonight that this book right here that we're reading was writ written to the Christians. It's, it's for the world and we're using it for that tonight. But he's writing to believers. And he's saying these are some characteristics that have somehow entered into the church. And into believers professing to believe in Jesus Christ. And you think unholy and unthankful and slanderous and despisers of good and all these things. That's not just the world. It's, it's crept into the church today. And, and we're not being, like I said last Wednesday, responsible for the righteousness that God has given us as Christians. Amen. We're not carrying that breastplate of righteousness that God asks us to carry. Here's another verse, 2 Peter chapter 3. Look at that with me, if you will. I want to give you just a couple of, of, of verses here that, that really talk about the signs of the times we're in. <clears throat> 2 Peter 3. As you're getting there tonight, how many know God has called us, every one of us, to be lights? He's called us to be ambassadors. He's called us to be a voice. He's called us to shine. He's called us to, to preach. He's called us to tell people about Jesus. He's called us to be the thermometer, amen, the barometer of this world, that people would say this is what God is and this is what God looks like, that we would walk worthy of that call. And we need to be understand that we are the standard for this world. We, in our actions and in our talk and in our walk, we are the standard that this world has to look at. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to misrepresent God. I don't want to misrepresent God. I want to be a representative that someone says, that, that's God, I, I want that God. Instead of, that's God? Well, I'm, I'm pretty good myself then. We don't want to be that tonight as the church of Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 3. Now you might say, oh, bad news, bad news, bad news, world's bad. One of the things I'll never forget is the Bible says that as, as sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And the more dark it is, the more light shines in the dark. Amen. The darker, darker, darker it gets, the more bright a light shines. So as this world gets darker and darker and darker, you and I can shine more than we've ever shown before. We can be brighter than we've ever been bright before. The people can see Jesus in us more than they've ever seen before. Look at 2 Peter 3, verse 3. Knowing this, first, that scoffers will come in the last days. Just stop and think about that for a second. Talking about the last days, scoffers. People who make fun of. People who mock. People who, who uh, not only are deciding, I'm not going to serve God, but I'm going to go beyond that and I'm going to mock God. I'm going to scoff God. I'm going to make fun of God. I'm going I'm to talk against God. And I feel sorry for those people. Let me just put that out there real quick because we're just human beings. God can handle himself. He doesn't need any help. I feel sorry for those people who don't repent. 
and turn back to their to the ways they should go when they scoff and mock and make fun of God because they're going to pay. I'm not up here standing there saying I want them to pay. They will pay though. They're going to pay for the things they're doing. And I feel sorry for them that they're doing it because God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. Amen? And I want to know the God of love and not the God of wrath. Amen? He's a, he's a consuming fire, the Bible says. And thank God for the grace of God and the word of God and a church we can be in tonight and praise and worship God and we can be on the side of God's love. And thank God when Jesus comes back and takes us home, we're going to be out of the way so that we're not in the path of God's judgment. Amen? And God's wrath. So it says there will be scoffers in the last days. Watch this. Walking according to their own, underline that, lusts. Walking according to their own lust. Now I'm telling you some of these things to underline because of the direction I'm going tonight and what I want to talk about. And they're saying, where is the promise of his coming? You ever heard anybody say that? Man, it's been, I've heard that for years. Oh, I've heard that. That's not going to happen. Well, the Bible says that that was the way it was in the book of Noah. Or not the, the story of Noah in the book of Exodus. Genesis. That, that's exactly what happened. He's building the ark and people are laughing and saying, it ain't going to rain. They weren't laughing once the boat closed up. Amen. And the wrath came down. And they're swimming, trying to wish they were in the boat. And it, where's the promise of his coming? I've heard that for years. I've heard that for 50 years. That, let me tell you something. That's, just, that's not going to happen. For since the father fell, fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, when I sent this thing out, I got an update on, on Fox, Fox News. And, and, it, and it mentioned that there was a humongous wedding at the Grammys. I didn't see it or anything, and so I kind of in my, you know how you get news and you in your mind picture it? I just kind of, the way I read the article, thought maybe that before the Grammys, outside of the red carpet or something, that they had some kind of wedding. I did not know that it was part of the Grammys, what they did. And so, for anybody that doesn't know tonight what happened, they had the Grammys, and, 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 and even before uh, that part I'm talking about happened, uh, many of you know the name Katy Perry. That, that girl who was raised in church and has sold her soul to the devil, blatantly said it. Well, she did uh, an absolutely demonic, satanic, witchcraft song right on stage. And the thing that I think is interesting is, how many know that when the world calls something bad, it's bad? People tweeted and, and Facebooked and all these different things the article said that E! Entertainment said, did we just watch a mantra of witchcraft on TV? E-Entertainment said that. wasn't a Christian. They said, well, did we just see witchcraft? And she came out dressed like a witch with an upside-down cross of the satanic church. She had, uh, I, I lost the word, uh, uh, starts with a B, the symbol, symbol, symbol of Satan. Um, anybody help me with that? Huh? No, it starts with a B. Uh, yeah, the goat. What's it called? It's with a B. Well, y'all know what I'm talking. I, I, I couldn't. It's not coming to my mind. It starts with a B. It's the goat. It's a satanic symbol. There were people dressed like that. She's holding an upside down broom. I watched the video after. And fire and all kinds of craziness. I mean, it was a dark, dark song. That's on the Grammys. Glorifying satanic stuff, okay? Then later on, I, this stuff I read, 
we, we see moral decay again, all parameters. We see satanic stuff, just blatant. And then we, and I, I guess Beyonce and Jay-Z did some song. They were doing all kinds of obscene things. And I just looked at the lyrics of the song they sang. Now, some people say, well, they're married. I can't even read to you the lyrics. I was going to try to read them. I can't even read them. They're so bad. They're horrible. The lyrics of this song that was on this thing. Then they end the show. I don't, that's the three things I know. These three things I'm talking about. They end the show where this guy comes on. Um, let me get the name. Uh, where is it? I can't remember the guy's name now. Oh, it don't matter. The singer of this song. And uh, he comes out and he begins to kind of rap. You can see this on YouTube if you want. Macklemore. Thank you. Macklemore. Macklemore and something else, Lewis, is a group. Well, they wrote this song called Same Love. And I guess it's been totally uh, like, uh, like adopted and made like a theme song for the whole uh, LGBT group. Le- lesbian, gay, transgender, all the people, that movement. They've kind of adopted this song. And this guy begins to rap these words. Then I'm going to read a few of them to you. The right-wing conservatives thinks it's a decision. And you can be cured with some treatment and religion. Man-made rewiring of a predisposition playing God. Oh, no, here we go. America the brave still fears what we don't know. God loves all his children is somehow forgotten. But we paraphrase a book written 3,500 years ago. I don't know. Those are the words of his song. Pretty straightforward, pretty straight at the Bible. What makes me interested is that somebody quotes that God loves all his children. Well, where are they quoting that from? Was that coming from that 3,500-year-old book? See what people do? They catch themselves in things that they do. He begins to say this song, write the, uh, read this song. It's got a bunch of other words. And in the middle of the song, Queen Latifah walks out. And 35 different couples, the majority of them homosexual men and women coming down the sides of the of the rows and they're all dressed with wedding stuff on there were some men and women couples but the majority were homosexual or or transgender or all those different things and they uh exchange vows and queen latifah quickly during the song somehow has the power in the state of california to be a person who can marry people and she says exchange vows tell each other you love each other and then i now pronounce you a married couple and they kiss each other, and then Madonna comes out and sings some song, and they all just, and then there's choirs in the back and everything, and they do a gay marriage right on TV. Signs of the times, church. Signs of the times. So we see this happening in front of us, and then I, I would be amazed to see that some people uh, would sit there and watch that and just be entertained. And I'm not even talking about people that, that are, you know, me and dad were talking about today, sinners do what sinners do. I'm not talking to people who are sinners. Before you knew Jesus, you were a sinner and I was a sinner, and we did what sinners do. But when we get saved, and we're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, we need to start acting like Christians. And we need to start standing up for what's right. And we need to start saying, I'm not going to watch this, I'm not going to agree with this, I'm not going to believe this, I'm not going to do this. And thank God, something else came out of this good. Something good always comes out. Natalie Grant is a wonderful Christian singer, and she got up and left the Grammys. 
She walked out of that place and she, listen, she walked out before the gay marriage at the end. She left after the Katy Perry thing. So I don't know what she'd have done if, she, if she'd have gone that far. But she got crucified by the media because she got up and left. Isn't it amazing that the world can do everything they want, say everything they want, and do whatever they want, but when we stand up and say we don't agree with that, we're the wrong people, we're racist, we're, we're mean, we're hateful, we're judgmental, and all these different things. Well, church, I'm going to tell you something. It's time you better start standing up, and I better start standing up for the Bible and what Jesus says and what's right. Amen. She stood up for her, and I applaud her tonight for standing up and walking out of that place. And I, I, I made a quote. She said, we left the Grammys early. I've had many, I had many thoughts about the show tonight, most of which are probably better left inside my head. But I'll say this. I've never been more honored to sing about Jesus and for Jesus, and I've never been more sure of the path I've chosen. She said that as she, as she tweeted after walking out of the Grammys. We need more people like that to call sin, sin. Call wrong, wrong. Now, let, let me take you to another part of the Bible real quick. Romans chapter 1. And for anybody tonight that might be thinking that I'm picking on something, I'm going to clear that up real quick that I'm not. You know what I'm picking on tonight? Sin. Sin, period. Not any type of sin, but sin. I, I didn't, I'm not just talking about something homosexual that happened. I'm ta I talked about satanic. I talked about perversion. And I'm talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about it all. I'm talking about sin, period. Sin. The Bible says sin will send you to hell if you don't have a Savior. And we need to start standing up. You know what? The world needs to know that there's a Savior. And that they can be changed and that they don't have to do what sinners do. Praise God. Let me just give you a little bit more here. Obviously, church, as we read Romans 1 in a second, it is and I'm just going to be honest, it is easier sometimes, and I'm guilty, and everybody's guilty of it, sometimes to pick on or be more offended by homosexuality because of the fact that it's so unnatural. Are you following me? It's easy for us to do that. It's, but what I want to show you tonight in the Word is that there is no difference in sin to God than a homosexual act or fornication or adultery or perversion or lust it's all sexual sin and like I said it is really unnatural and that makes sense and so it's easier for us to to point that out but we've got to understand and the world's got to understand that the Bible says sexual sin is wrong any kind of sexual sin. And for some reason, for some, for some long time, the church even has put their eyes on one group of people so that the group of people won't have their eyes on them. And we'll point our fingers at someone who's a homosexual, but we'll be looking at pornography, or we'll be having sex outside of marriage, or we'll be doing something we shouldn't be doing, and we make that bet worse than, or better than their sin. Sexual sin is sexual sin. Romans chapter 1, look at this. It says, therefore God gave them, verse 26, over in their sinful desires to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. 
Amen. Look at this. Because of this. Because of what? Because of their sinful desires. Because of our sinful desires. He says that God gave them over to shameful lusts. And then he says, it's gone so far that even women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned what? Natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust one for another. Men committed these indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Now there's some people, church, that say that homosexuality is not mentioned in the New Testament. I don't know if they've ever read that verse, but you can't get any clearer than that. But see, it's not just in this verse picking on that act. It is starting off by saying God gave them over to their sinful desires. Y'all still with me tonight? Amen. Am I preaching the truth? We need to call sin, sin. And we need to know how to act today in this society that we live in that thinks we're picking on a group of people. We're not picking on anybody. We are sinners just like them. The only difference between them and us is we've accepted the salvation of Jesus Christ and asked God's grace to come in and forgive us for what we've done. That's the only difference. They're sinners and we're sinners. And Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here's the problem in society when moral decay begins to happen. How many know with a decay of a tooth, bad things are happening inside that mouth that's not seen? It, that cavity is getting bigger and bigger. It's not being seen. And if it's not treated, it's going to affect another one. It's going to keep moving on and moving on. If we don't as a church stand up and be a remnant church and begin to preach the truth and tell people about their sin, it's going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. We are called to be the light tonight. Amen. We are called to tell people that they're in their sin just like we were. And what I see with what's going on is that we're, 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 going to continue to open up the doors. I want you to think about this just for a second. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. Just using the example tonight of what happened Sunday and how bad that's going and how much that's being pushed. The problem is, is when we get away with what Romans 1 says here was when God gave them over to their sinful desires because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. How many know the Bible is very clear that, a, that the only thing God con condones or allows or desires is that a man and a woman would be inside of a covenant of marriage. Man and woman, okay? But that's not just to attack homosexuality. It inside of a covenant of marriage. That part gets left out somehow. So the fornicators and the adulterers and the lustful, perverted people get left off the hook. And that's not right. Are you with me? I'm just helping you tonight to maybe be able to witness to somebody with this thought. Here's the problem. If we don't have a standard and we don't say the Bible says that this is marriage, where does the line get drawn? And if somebody says what many people say is I was born this way. 
I am only acting out the tendencies that I was born with. Then where do we stop and draw the line from somebody saying, I was born a pedophile? I was born a murderer. I was born a rapist. Where do we draw the line? Where do we stop and say, okay, so if, if that is okay, then the next thing will be somebody saying, I want to petition that I can marry my 10-year-old lover at a 40-year-old age. How do we draw the distinction between the tendency that they have as a person from what they were born with? How does somebody, and I know most of the kids in here are, are younger and coloring and not listening, I'll say this quickly. How do we draw the line of somebody saying, well, I have a tendency to be with an animal? I'm not going to go too far, but I want you to get what I'm trying to say. If you don't have a standard, then the sky's the limit, and everything has to be on an equal playing ground, and everybody has to be able to marry everybody. So if you're okay with homosexuality, then you better be okay with a 40-year-old marrying a 10-year-old. Where do you draw the line? You draw the line with the Bible. And you say, this is what the Bible says is a marriage. This is what's right in God's eyes. And don't you think God knew what he was doing? He knows what he was doing. So I want to end with this tonight. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 real quick. And listen, every one of us in this place, church, knows people who have tendencies. Whether it's homosexual, whether it's perversion, lust, pornography, violence, whatever it is, things that people, drugs, things that people deal with that are a bondage to their lives. Whatever it is, I'm only using this example because of what happened on, on Sunday with the perversion and just using this as, a, as an example. But I want to tell you something. I found something to, today or yesterday that was one of the best things I've ever found on homosexuality and it blessed me and I want to share it with you tonight so that you can have it there is a woman who way back when this song came out way before the Grammys I think it was like March or April named Jackie Hill she's an African-American who was a lesbian and is a lesbian no more she has been delivered and she came out and she wrote an article and I read it and it was a, a wonderful article because she went back and she talked about where her tendencies started and how they started and why she discovered they started at the age of five and that her entire life she had tendencies for women. All her life. And then later on in her life eventually gave into them and then went to a lifestyle of homosexuality. But then later on, I don't remember exactly where or how she got witness to or whatever, uh, she found out that uh, she was wrong and that, that that was not God's plan for her life. And she got delivered of those tendencies and she comes out and she actually responded to this Macklemore song. She went viral. She went to the, she said, she, I mean, it was a big deal. And she said, that thing that you wrote in those words about it being a, not a decision and a, uh, not a treated by religion or it's a predisposition, she said, it's wrong because I'm living proof of it. You can make a choice and you can say no more to that tendency and God can help you quit. And she's living that today. Amen. She is an example of that, that it can happen. But what's really awesome about this article and she didn't just say, I got delivered of homosexuality. She went on to begin to say that I began to realize as God was delivering me that my lust was the problem. Right. 
not who my lust was for. She said, if you take out the, the person who that lust is going to, regardless of what sex that is, she said, lust is the sin. And God began to reveal to her that it was uh, pornography, it was lust, it was all these other things that she was doing that outside of the homosexual tendencies, that was a sin. And she said that, she said, I was treating the problem and not the root. So if you will tonight, write this down, take this down and use this and read this article. It's very, very good. Her name is Jackie Hill. If you go to Google, tell you exactly how to get and I want you to make sure you find the article I found G open up Google put in Jackie Hill responds to Mac Lamore's same love okay I would like lots of people to do this this is this is the stuff you can use when you're witnessing to somebody who says I was born this way whether it's homosexuality or drugs or murder or violence or anger whatever it is God did not make us that way the reason people act the way they act is what Romans says right here, he, they give in to their sinful desires. Period. Amen? God can deliver anybody that will call on the power that he has because of what he did on the cross of Calvary. He can deliver anybody of anything if we put our faith in the right thing. So Jackie Hill responds to Macklemore's same love, and then when that opens up, you'll have a bunch of pages. It's the very top one, and it says... The very top line, it says wadeoradio.com. That's the one that you want to look for. And read that article. It's an excellent article. She goes into depths of how she got into it, how she fought it, how she got delivered of it. Amen? And I guess she, she did a poem. I haven't seen the poem. Someone told me she did a really cool poem. Let's end with this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you're there. Verse 9. Church, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor the male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves. Some of y'all thought, oh, I'm good. Oh, thieves. Nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the slanderers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Don't you love how good God is that he didn't just pick on one group of people? He said, people who are in sin are going to go to hell if they don't give their lives to me. He's straight up about it. And he says, choose life. I place before you today life and death. Choose life. Amen. If you'll choose me, I'll give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. You don't have to live in your sin any longer. Amen. You can be delivered. Praise God. So what do we need to do tonight? We need to stand up for Jesus. We need to stand up for the Bible. We need to say, hey, we were witnessing this week and ran into a guy. And we, I said, hey, Jesus loves you. Did you know Jesus loves you? He said, but I'm Catholic. That's what he said. I said, I'd ask you what you were. Dylan, am I right? I'm Catholic. I said, I didn't ask you what you were. I said, do you know Jesus loves you? And he kind of taken back for a second. And I said, let me ask you a question. If you died right now and you stood before God, do you think you saying Catholic would do anything for you? Or do you think you'd need to call on the name of Jesus? He said, Jesus. Amen. It's about Jesus, church. It ain't about religion. It ain't about church names. It's about Jesus tonight. Amen. 
Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only answer. And we need to stand up for Jesus. We need to preach Jesus. We need to tell people Jesus is coming soon. And you know what? We need to, we need to tell. I'm going to show you what we need to do right here in this last one. Isaiah chapter 58. I should have told you to stay in Isaiah. Well, listen to this verse. We need to tell people. Some people say, well, people don't want to hear they're sinners. They already know. There's truth to that. But let me tell you something. God calls us to tell people what they're living in. Amen. If you have a problem and you're, if you got food on your mouth, you need someone to tell you you got that food on your mouth. Amen. Hey, wipe that off. If you're in sin, you need someone to tell you your sin. Now, there's a way to do it. There's a loving way to do it. There's a relationship you can build. You don't just walk up to somebody, put your finger in their face, tell them you're going to hell. You're, gonna have, you're probably going to have to do real good fruit from that. You might. You might get the right person that needed that two by four between the heads. But you can tell somebody that they're living in sin and love, but you do need to tell them they're living in sin. And sin kills. Listen to what Isaiah says in 58 verse 1. Cry aloud. Spare not. Watch this. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. And you know what he says to do? If you're looking at this. Tell my people that they're going to be okay. What does it say? Tell my people their transgression. And the house of Jacob their what? Sins. He says, tell them they're in sin. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm going to do one thing, and one thing I'm going to be happy about is I'm not going to have people pointing at me in heaven as they're going to hell telling me I didn't tell them about Jesus or tell them about sin or tell them what the Bible says. Amen? Let's let, let, don't be blamed for that. Be blamed for a lot of things, but don't be blamed for telling somebody the truth. God can defend us. He'll stand up for you if you stand up for him. Musicians, you can come tonight. Amen. That's good preaching. Amen. This is good preaching. This is the Bible. Amen. I'm not saying that because I preached it. I'm saying it because it's the Bible. Bible. The Bible says. And watch out when people paraphrase things and catch themselves in that problem. God loves all his children. But we ain't paraphrasing that book written 3,500 years ago. Amen. People don't even know what they're doing. They're lost. They're blind. They can't hear, they can't see, but God has called us to take them blinds off their eyes. Amen. We can't change anybody, but we can tell them Jesus loves them, and God can change them.